Welcome, listeners, to the Dunker Punks podcast. I'm Pastor Nancy Fitzgerald, your host today. Tell me, how did you do in history? Are you someone who enjoys the stories about people's lives that connect the special dates we're encouraged to remember? And what of your personal history, your family, interesting or boring? Your call. Think about it as you are recharged by our theme song. History is part of that song we love. The song connects us, all Dunker Punks, to each other as part of a movement of faith. It also connects us to those with whom we identify or just want to be like. Want to be like John Wesley, Sarah Major, ran him out. Want to be like Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr., like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Lemmes, Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, and Jesus Christ, but mostly just want to be me. Nolan McBride is a dunker punk, and he loves history. You can read some of his reflections at the dunkerpunks.com website. And you can just keep listening, because he has some scripture for us to hear first, and then his reflections about history, people's history, people of faith history, and especially dunker punks, Anabaptist, and Church of the Brethren history. So listen closely and see how many of these Bible stories he mentions that you know well enough to understand the reference. Then how many of the stories of our faith ancestors do you know? Here's your chance to catch up on history. For all the saints who from their labors rest who thee by faith before the world confessed. Thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Alleluia, Alleluia. Hello, Dunker Punks. My name is Nolan McBride. I'm from Elkhart, Indiana, and a member of Union Center Church of the Brethren. I'm a student at Manchester University, 
where I major in religious studies and history. Though, by the time you'll be listening to this, I'll be just a couple weeks away from flying to the UK to spend my junior year studying abroad at the University of Gloucestershire in Cheltenham, England. I've been an infrequent contributor to Dunkerpunk's website for a while. If you've read any of the Dunkerpunks in History Post, those are mine. Along that line, I would like to ask you to take some time to reflect on your faith book and those who have mentored or encouraged you along the way as I read this passage from Hebrews 11 and the first two verses of chapter 12 as translated by the Common English Bible. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand the universe has been created by a word from God, so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice to God than Cain, which showed that he was righteous, since God gave approval to him for his gift. Though he died, he's still speaking through faith. By faith, Enoch was taken up, so that he didn't see death, and he wasn't found because God took him up. He was given approval for having pleased God before he was taken up. It's impossible to please God without faith, because the one who draws near to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards people who try to find him. By faith, Noah responded with godly fear when he was warned about events he hadn't seen yet. He built an ark to deliver his household. With his faith, he criticized the world and became an heir to the righteousness that comes from faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived in the land he had been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren and past the age for having children, because she believed that the one who promised was faithful. So descendants were born from one man, and he was as good as dead. And they were as many as the number of stars in the sky, and as countless as the grains of sand on the seashore. All of these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but they saw the promises from a distance and welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants upon the earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are longing for a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God, has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac when he was tested. The one who received the promises was offering his only son. He had been told concerning him, your legitimate descendants will come from Isaac. 
He figured that God could even raise him from the dead. So in a way, he did receive him back from the dead. By faith, Isaac also blessed Jacob and Esau concerning their future. By faith, Jacob blessed each of Joseph's sons as he was dying, and bowed in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph recalled the exodus of the Israelites at the end of his life, and gave instructions about burying his bones. By faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months when he was born, because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they weren't afraid of the king's orders. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter when he was grown up. He had chosen to be mistreated with God's people instead of having the temporary pleasures of sin. He thought that the abuses he suffered for Christ were more valuable than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking forward to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt without being afraid of the king's anger. He kept on going as if he could see what was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood in order that the destroyer could not touch their firstborn children. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as if they were on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried it, they were drowned. By faith, Jericho's walls fell after the people marched around them for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute wasn't killed with the disobedient because she welcomed the spies in peace. What more can I say? I would run out of time if I told you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jepheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Through faith, they conquered kingdoms, brought about justice, realized promises, shut the mouths of lions, put out raging fires, escaped from the edge of the sword, found strength in weakness, were mighty in war, and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they could gain a better resurrection. But others experienced public shame at being taunted and whipped. They were even put in chains and in prison. They were stoned to death. They were cut in two, and they died by being murdered with swords. They went around wearing the skins of sheep and goats, needy, oppressed, and mistreated. The world didn't deserve them. They wandered around in deserts, mountains, caves, and holes in the ground. All these people didn't receive what was promised, though they were given approval for their faith. God provided something better for us so that they wouldn't be made perfect without us. So then, let's run the race that has been laid out in front of us, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let's throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up, and fix our eyes on Jesus, face pioneer and perfecter. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame, for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him, and sat down at the right side of God's throne. you has an idea of someone that could be added to this list. By faith, the early Christians radically lived the Jesus way in the midst of empire. By faith, Moses the Black met those attacking his monastery unarmed, prepared to fulfill the words of Christ in Matthew 26, 52. 
By faith, Martin of Tours renounced his military life, stating, I am a soldier of Christ. I cannot fight in the wars of man. By faith, Francis of Assisi left his life of wealth and privilege to live simply, peacefully, and together in community. By faith, the original brethren met in secret for Bible study and eventually baptism, a time when doing so outside the state church was illegal. By faith, Sarah Major proclaimed the word of the Lord when most people believed that was a job only for men. By faith, John Klein refused to let a war get in the way of his duties as an elder and doctor. By faith, Ted Studebaker went as an aid worker to Vietnam when the government would have sent him as a soldier. By faith, my Grandpa Bill went to Puerto Rico when drafted for Korea, and my Grandma and Grandpa Roush worked in Nigeria when Grandpa was drafted for Vietnam. For we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses indeed. As a longtime camper and this summer's Ministry Summer Service intern at Camp Alexander Mack, this statement particularly stands out to me. As you might have guessed from its name, Camp Mac is very conscious of its brethren heritage. Aside from the camp itself, most of the buildings around the camp campus are named after various figures from brethren history. From more familiar names such as John Klein, Sarah Major, and Peter Becker, to more local figures such as Sadie Wampler and Madley Dieter. There is an entire set of yurts called Mission Village, each named after various brethren missionaries. But the highlight of camp is, in my opinion, Quinter Miller Auditorium, specifically the murals. In the 40s, the youth of Camp Mac commissioned Medford Near to paint a mural history of the Church of the Brethren, as far as I know, the only one in the world. Installed in 1949 around the auditorium, all but one of the murals depict the history of the denomination from its founding in 1708 to that year. The last mural depicts the artist's prediction of the future of the church until its 300th anniversary in 2008. This summer, I counseled five camps as part of my ministry summer service internship, finishing with Creative Arts Camp which spends the week preparing a worship service to share with all the other camps on our final day. Ever since Becker Lodge burned down when I was in middle school, the services have been held in Quinter Miller. During the service, I was struck by this great cloud of witnesses as we led the congregation in worship, surrounded by images of the great saints of our past. Some Christian traditions place a large emphasis on the heroes of our past. The Catholic and Orthodox churches are probably the most obvious, with their lists of officially canonized saints. These traditions believe that those in heaven pray to and intercede with God on behalf of those on earth. Everyone in heaven is a saint, but these churches have developed a detailed process of canonization through which the church officially declares specific people to be in heaven. By officially declaring people saints, these churches hold them up as both role models for our walk with Christ and fellow travelers along that path who continue to encourage us and help us along the way. Canonized saints have a feast day in their honor, 
usually the day of their death, or heavenly birthday, added to the church's liturgical calendar. Some of the feast days, such as St. Patrick's Day and St. Valentine's Day, have even managed to become secular holidays in their own right. Protestants, especially Anabaptists, moved away from this idea during the Reformation, fearing the veneration of the saints was a form of idolatry, and questioning why one would pray to another person when they could pray directly to God. Nevertheless, we continue to remember the stories of the great heroes of our past. I can vividly remember some of my favorite picture books from childhood, which told the stories of Alexander Mack, John Klein, Sarah Major, John Nass, Ted Studebaker, and Anna Mao. Even our podcast opens with what our Catholic and Orthodox brethren would call a litany of saints. When our theme song states, I want to be like John Wesley, or Sarah Major, or Anna Mao. I want to be like Martin Luther, or Martin Luther King Jr., like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Willem, or Gandhi. Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, Jesus Christ. But it's vital for the church to be able to adapt and not be defined by its past. Without looking at what came before, we cannot understand where we are now. The saints of our past, be them well-known figures like Alexander Mack and Sarah Major, or more personal mentors such as a grandpa or pastor who helped shape your faith, provide us with an example of what it means to radically live the Jesus way. Their legacies continue to play a vital role in shaping what it means to be the church. So join me, Dunker Punks, in getting a bit more acquainted with our forebears in faith. See you soon. Hopeless communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine. Yet all are one, in thee for all are thine. Alleluia, Alleluia. How did you do on that history pop quiz? Did you feel your connection to these ancestors deepen as each one was mentioned? Take a minute and think of those Bible stories. Who would you claim as a spiritual ancestor, someone who inspired you? Can you relate as far back as Moses, or maybe Jacob's ability to carve success from failure? How about Sarah, that spirit of a woman who is willing to have a child at age 99? Or do you prefer the disciples, especially as they seem to be clueless so much of the time, and yet ended up continuing the work of Jesus? Let's jump forward a couple thousand years. Who in your history would you call a saint, a spiritual ancestor who influenced you? Can you name a mentor, youth advisor, or pastor, maybe a grandmother or best friend who always urged you in a good direction? I really appreciate Nolan's reminding me about the saints of the past because I'm pretty sure none of them thought they were saints at the time. They would probably laugh at our designation or cringe at the idea of us adding them to a list of saintly folks. And yet, they did inspire faith in those around them and for many, many years after. Did you read the children's books found in most Church of the Brethren libraries? Big Man, Tall Man, Middle Man? 
Those are all saints. And we need some women in there, too, that Nolan provided for us, like Sarah Major and Anna Mal. Can you imagine being the subject of a children's book, well, video, if not a book? Don't laugh too hard, because you, and specifically your faith journey, make a difference in our world. I walked with a few thousand saints this week. I was able to be part of the Minister's March for Justice in Washington, D.C. on the 54th anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s March and Rally in Washington. I ran into friends while I was down there and saw later that I had missed others who were somewhere in the crowd. All those ministers inspire me to keep working for justice, even more than the speeches, which were encouraging, but the chants and the singing were just awesome. As we walked, we sang, We are marching in the light of God. And towards the end, as we listened to a rabbi and then an imam, and then another woman stood and invited us to dedicate ourselves, to rededicate ourselves to God's work of justice. And so we sang, Sanctuary for you, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Open the gates in Hebrew. If I can find saints in my community, can't you find saints in yours? In fact, I know you can, because you can be one of the saints. You inspire me. You already do. I may not know you individually, although sometimes I get the wonderful surprise of an introduction. Yet I know that hundreds of you listen every month because you want the encouragement of other saints who all follow the Jesus way. So my challenge for you is to turn to another saint and tell them just who they are. You need to say, thanks for being a saint. Thanks for encouraging me in my faith journey. And I'll bet you already know who you're going to christen with sainthood this week. Remember, you too are a saint. So let me bless you accordingly. May all the blessing and strength of God empower you and encourage you on your journey as you follow Jesus. May you continue in faith to live, teach, and support others. God bless you, Dunker Punks. Thanks for being my saints. The Dunker Punks podcast is an effort by modern-day saints who contribute their time and talents to encourage all of us in our journeys of faith. We are sponsored by the Arlington Church of the Brethren and individual sponsors like you. Please contact us if you can help support this work financially. Some of our team are Emmy Gehring, producer, Jacob Krauss, our original musician and audio engineer. Emmett Eldred and I, Nancy Fitzgerald, are your hosts. Suzanne Lay is our executive producer. Jenna Walner is our advancement coordinator. Many thanks to all contributors who give their time to this team with their creativity. Next episode, we hear from Jonathan Stauffer, who always brings me close to Mother Earth. Until then, go and be a saint to someone.